help us prepare our hearts through introspection and reflection. The Fellowship Choir will provide an opportunity to, for us to do that, just that, followed by the message for, for the morning from our pastor. For your loving kindness towards me is great, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Shiloh, Psalms 86 and 13. The Fellowship Choir ministers, great is your mercy towards me.
gracious God. He's a kind God, forever faithful. Has he been faithful in your life? Has he been good to your life? Somebody ought to worship him this morning. He's just great. He's, he's just gracious. He's just faithful. He's merciful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just give him a great big praise this morning? If you know he's faithful, why don't you give him a great big praise this morning? If you know he's good, why don't you just give him a great big praise this morning? God, you're good. God, you're great. Lord, you're merciful. Things we don't deserve that you've given to us anyhow. God, we just say thank you. You've been good, better to us than we've been to ourselves, and we say thank you. Blessed us with this, that, and the other, not because we deserve it, but because you're just merciful like that. Hallelujah. Forever faithful. Forever great. You're forever gracious, and we're forever grateful. We give him the highest praise. What a mighty good God we serve. Amen. 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 God is just an awesome, awesome, awesome God. Thank you, fellowship, for reminding us of how faithful, how gracious, and how loving our God is. Amen and amen. I want to invite your attention to Matthew's gospel Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter number 8. I'm going to begin reading with the fifth verse, Matthew, chapter 8, beginning with verse 5. And there you will find these words recorded. When Jesus was, in, was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy. Thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled, and saith to them that followed, Verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk this morning from the subject, So Great a Faith so great a faith. This morning I want to introduce to you this theme, so great a faith that
Lord willing, will remain before us the majority of this year. So great a faith. These words are lifted from this text that we've just read. It's recorded by Matthew. This exchange between a Roman soldier and Jesus. This soldier makes it known to Jesus that he has a servant who is sick. Jesus acknowledges what is on this soldier's heart, that his servant would be healed. And he says to the surgeon, I will come to your house and heal your servant. The man recognizes Jesus' power and evidently respects him as Lord and says to him, Lord, you don't have to come. Just speak the word. I know you're busy. You, you don't have to take time out of your schedule and, and come to my house. Just say it. And it'll have to happen. Say, because I understand authority. I'm a centurion and I have people under me. And when I give an order, they have to do what I say. And Lord, because I recognize that you are Lord and you have authority. Lord, just say it. And it's got to happen. And Jesus responds to that moment by saying that he has not seen so great a faith in all of Israel. What a striking response and abiding commentary for Jesus to make that in all of Israel, a nation of people who had been chosen by God, in all of Israel, that nation who had a history of walking with God and seeing the mighty hand of God part waters and open the heavens, that in all of Israel, that special nation that God had made covenant with, in all of Israel, Jesus says, I've not seen so great a faith as this. That's a striking paradox when you think about it, that the greatest faith that Jesus had seen was not from one of his fellow countrymen but rather was from a Gentile soldier. He says, I've not seen so great a faith among my own Jewish brothers, but among this Gentile, this, this man who is supposed to be outside of the covenant has more faith than my own brothers. Note, Jesus commends the faith not of a rabbi, but of a Gentile. Not of a Jew, but of a Gentile. Not of a scribe and a Pharisee, but of a Gentile. Jesus declares that this man's faith supersedes the faith of all he had come across in Israel. How tragic it is when unbelievers have more faith than do believers. How disturbing it is when people who aren't in the church have more love in their hearts than people who are. Y'all get mighty quiet on me. It's a sad commentary when folk who don't know the Lord will forgive quicker than folk who do know the, know the Lord. It is a bad witness when, when the world takes care of its own better than the church takes care of its own. 
Jesus says, among those who ought to know me, they have not demonstrated as much faith as this man. It's worth noting that most of those individuals who are commended for their faith in the New Testament are not named individuals. They are figures like this man. This man who, who is not given a name but is only described. He is unnamed. Centurion. A Roman soldier. Not named. And many of the New Testament figures who are lifted up for their faith go unnamed. Woman with the issue of blood. We don't know her name. A leper. We don't know his name. The blind man. We don't know his name. They, they are figures though who, are demonst who demonstrate an extraordinary amount of faith. Oftentimes, we should be encouraged because this teaches us that we do not have to be the heroes and sheroes of, of the faith, but we can be common, ordinary, average people representing extraordinary faith that gets God's attention. No, these are not the Abrahams and the Davids, the Daniels and the Esthers of the Old Testament. These are not the named patriarchs and prophets of the Bible like Moses and Elijah or Joshua and Samuel. But these are just ordinary people. Yet scripture chronicles their story because of their faith. The reality is, is that in this life, it is filled with unknown and oftentimes unnamed figures who have displayed great measures of faith. Unnamed people who have given on themselves, unnamed people who have worked behind the scenes, unnamed people who have sacrificed their lives for the cause of faith and for the cry of freedom, unnamed heroes. You've been able to visit the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. You begin the journey with the stark reality that civil rights in Mississippi begins with the bodies of African men and women whose names we don't have. We don't know their names, but their blood cries out from the soil, the sands, and the seas that they traveled as they resisted the horrors of slavery. We should be reminded and remind the world, my brothers and sisters, that we came not to this country as immigrants looking for a better life, but we were brought here as a free labor force bound in shackles and chains. Yet we learned to sing songs of resistance like, Oh freedom and before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. Such fearless and faithful resistance would find black men fighting for their freedom in the Union Army. Such faithful resistance would finally culminate in what we know as the Civil Rights Movement where such figures as Medgar Evers and Bob Moses and Fannie Lou Hamer and Martin Luther King Jr. would rise up and represent the faith and the hopes of African Americans in this country to live in a land that honors our humanity. 
that protects our liberty and recognizes God's divinity stamped upon the precious metal of our souls. And although we know these heroes of the movement, I submit to you that it was the hundreds and thousands of the unnamed and the unknown people like you and me who decided to do something with the measure of faith that had been given to them. And with their faith, they faced the snarling fangs of police dogs unleashed by those sworn to protect and serve. With their faith, they absorbed the staggering blows of billy clubs. With their faith, they listened to the venomous speech of white separatists and sat through the violent attacks of vile segregationists. With their faith, these everyday people helped to move America closer to its stated ideals and declared intentions. With their faith, they were able to change the jangling discords of this nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. And today, more than ever, we need that kind of faith. We need people of faith and people of good conscience who must resist the mission of some to take America back to the dissonance and discord of a segregated society. More than ever, we need people today to see a people with so great a faith, so great a faith to confront the powers that say one thing and then pass legislation that accomplishes the exact opposite. We need people with so great a faith who will stand up and stand against immorality and incompetence, whether it's in the White House, the State House, the School House, or the Church House. We need people with so great a faith who will face the issues in our own communities that we have and fix and, and have the power to fix rather than stop waiting for someone else to come in with the answer. We need people with so great a faith who will quit making excuses for failure or providing cover for incompetence and start offering tangible examples for how to get what we need, how to do what we deserve and how to create what our communities must become in order to be thriving neighborhoods of prosperity, health and stable families. So great a faith to dare to believe for the impossible, to hope for the incredible, to work for the unreachable and to pray for the imperceivable because I read somewhere that faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. And faith is believing that even though I don't see it with my eyes, I can believe it in my spirit and therefore work toward it with all that God has given me in order for that thing to be realized. With faith, all things are possible. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith. What does faith do? I'll tell you what faith does. Faith accepts God's invitation to join him on the waters and walk into the unknown. I'll tell you what faith does. Faith accepts the invita invitation to dare to walk into the furnace of affliction. Believing that as I go, I've got a God on my side who can take the heat out of the flame. That's what faith does. Faith 
accepts the invitation that God extends for you to walk with him into his word, into his way, and into his will. Believing that as I go, God will make the way. And this year, we as a congregation will be invited by God to take extraordinary adventures with him. To exercise so great a faith. Because I tell you, God is doing something. I'll, I'll say that again. God is doing something. Through his people and by his providence, God is doing something and we are being invited to participate in what God is doing. And my prayer is that we as a church will be so bold as to accept the invitation. To accept the invitation. In the same way that Jesus invited Peter to walk on the bosom of the water, so are we being invited to do something that looks impossible and sounds unbelievable. But I read somewhere that with God all things are possible. Yes, my brothers and sisters, it is a new year. 2018 is before us. And we have a canvas called Verton Edition upon which to paint God's beloved community. There are empty lots around us that need to be filled with the vibrant colors of family life. Empty lots around us that need to be planted with community gardens. And for this, we need from you so great a faith. There are people around us who need employment and some need treatment because of addictions and other problems. And for this to happen, we need from you so great a faith. Kate Courtyard is now five years old. Five years. Five years old is that building now that we built. 81 units. We proudly cut the ribbon five years ago and that building is now filled to capacity with a waiting list. We're proud of what God has allowed us to do together and we walk boldly believing that God called us to do it. A great work it is, yes, but it is only one part of our 2020 vision. It is only one component of what God has called us to do and our CDC, the K Development Corporation is poised to continue our work of community development by building their small business plaza on the corner of Bailey and Ridgeway, sparking real economic growth by providing both traditional and innovative goods and services. When complete residents will have a dry cleaners in the hood. When complete will have not only a dry cleaners but a dream center so you can get your clothes clean but young people can come there and dream about what God has wanted them to do and have the resources there to be able to draft their dream on paper and see it come to reality. When complete we will see things that we've not seen before in this community. There's some young doctor or dentist who needs her own modern professional office space. It will be there. Some local eateries that want to set up shop in this part of Jackson. It will be there. But for this to happen, we need from you so great a faith. And of course, of course, next month, we will begin year two of Cade Advance. 
This is the year 2018 yes, that we will bring before you the conceptual rendering and the site plans of a new church and a new campus covering 28 acres that we've purchased. This is the year where we will write the vision and make it plain so that every time you come into this building, it will be before you and you will know what we are running after. This will be the year where we will put hope to our dreams and see what God and where God will meet us. When we are finished, you will be able to see all that we believe God has put into our hearts to build for future ministry and future mission. And completing this kind of vision, we will need from you so great a faith. But all of this begins with a personal faith that is alive and vibrant. A personal faith that is dynamic and active. A personal faith that is growing into the fullness of its purpose and potential. The kind of faith that gets God's attention. Jesus looks at this man and then looks at his followers and says, I've not seen from you as much faith as I see in him. What did Jesus see in this man? I'll try to tell you and I'm going to wrap this up. What, what compromises so great a faith? I'll, I'll tell you three things. Number one, so great a faith is faith to go into the unknown unafraid. Faith to go into the unknown unafraid. The Apostle Paul helps us with this point as he uh, acknowledges uh, the calling upon his life to become a missionary and to go where the Lord is sending him. And even though there were safer places for Paul to preach the gospel, he felt at, at this point in his life, he felt the urging of the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. And it's in the 20th chapter of the book of Acts, if you're wondering where I'm coming from. In that 20th chapter, Paul writes in verse 22, he says, And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. That's enough right there. Paul said, Paul said, listen, all I know is that the Lord by his Spirit is leading me to Jerusalem. That's all I can tell you. You want to know where I'm going? He says, I'm going to Jerusalem. And the only thing I know about that trip is that when I get there, there's going to be a mess waiting for me. He says, the only thing I can tell you is that when I get there, there are going to be some problems. There are going to be some haters. There are going to be some folk who are going to be out to get me. He says, but I'm going to not going to let any of that detract me from what God has called. Y'all not talking to me. I'm not going to let any of that keep me from going where God has called me to go. He says, I'm going not knowing what will happen when I get there. But I'm going to go anyhow. Why are you going, Paul? Because God told me to go. Why are you going, Paul? Because I'm going because I believe that if God sent me there, he'll keep me there. Why are you going, Paul? I'm going because I know that every step I take, the Lord is walking with me. 
And so I can go into the unknown unafraid. Go into uncharted territory. Unafraid about what's going to happen. That means that I can take the first step. Believing that the Lord will sustain me. My brothers and sisters, that is so great a faith. When you are willing to go where God sends you, not knowing all of the ins and outs, not knowing the who and the when, not knowing the how and the why, but believing that God is not going to lead you somewhere and then not provide for you when you get there. Dr. King said it like this, quote, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. And so faith, my brothers and sisters, is accepting the invitation to walk on water, not knowing how you're going to be supported when you step out there. Faith is going to the priest while still a leper, believing that on the way something is going to happen for him to declare you clean once you get there. Faith is putting your foot in the water, believing that when you do so, the Lord is going to part the waters in order for you to cross on dry ground. Faith is taking that first step without seeing it all, knowing it all, but believing that all of it is in God's hands. But then secondly, secondly, having so great a faith is having faith to give of yourself in unexpected ways. To give of yourself in unexpected ways. Jesus, Jesus tells a parable one day. You remember the parable of the Good Samaritan? You remember that parable, don't you? Y'all talk to me, talk to me. You remember that parable, don't you? It's a good Samaritan. Jew. You remember a Jew had been beaten uh, and, and robbed and, and left on the Jericho Road for dead. A priest comes by, looks at him, and crosses over on the other side. A Levite comes by, looks at him, and crosses over on the other side. Y'all remember it, don't you? Yeah. But then a Samaritan comes by. And it is the Samaritan who stops and engages the moment with compassion. His fellow Jewish brothers, watch this, the fellow Jewish brothers looked and went on. But the Samaritan, the one who was looked at as a half-breed, the Samaritan, that the one who was frowned upon because of his mixed ancestry, the Samaritan was the one who showed concern and took care of this man, ministering to his injuries and providing for his recovery. That is the kind of faith that Christ commends and that Jesus lifts up as an example for us to follow. The kind of faith that gives of ourselves in unexpected ways. Remember, when Jesus tells this parable, nobody is expecting for the Samaritan to be the hero. Not the some anybody but the Samaritan. Jesus says, no. It is the Samaritan who gave of himself in unexpected ways. Faith, my brothers and sisters, causes you and pulls you and prompts you to do unexpected things. Faith forgives people who aren't expecting you to forgive them. That's what faith will push you to do. Faith will push you to help people who aren't expecting you to help them. Faith will cause you to bless people who aren't looking to be blessed by you. Faith loves people who aren't expecting to feel love and faith gives in ways that are completely unexpected. Faith gives in ways 
that just come out of the blue. I was not expecting last Sunday when a woman put a $10,000 check in my hand and said, Pastor, this is for Kate Advance. Whatever I can give, count me in so that we can build what the Lord has put on our hearts. That was an unexpected gift. But her faith compelled her to give in that way and while many of us may not be able to give those kinds of gifts in that way we can give what we've been given and when God puts it on your heart to give whatever it is above and beyond what you've already given faith will prompt you to give like that that's what faith does causes you to give unexpected gifts Reverend I finished my pledge but the Lord been good to me, so here's something else on top of that. My 13th check came in, so here's. Bless his name. I just sold some property, so here's. Lord have mercy. The cattle of a thousand here belong to him. I just sold 20 heads. Here it is. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Faith gives in unexpected ways. And hear me, let me just share something. Well, let me just share something with you. We are constantly doing ministry here. You, you don't know this, but we are constantly. When we come here at church on Sunday, this is the celebration of ministry that we've been doing all through the week. And, and many of you don't know the kind of ministry that we do all during the week, but trust me, people are blessed because of what we do here on Sunday mornings. Your gifts are blessing a lot of people that you will never see, that you will never know. Calls that I get, calls that the deacons get to help people who are connected with us, people who are not connected with us. We bless a whole lot of people. And so, listen, let me just, let me just help you. If you ever hear anybody down-talking your church, you ought to tell them the devil is a lie and tell them I said it. Because we can produce the record. We can show you what we do, and not just at Christmas time. There's a whole lot that happens that people have no idea about. We, we, we just came through a water crisis in the city of Jackson. We had to supply water to our residents in Cade Courtyard. That cost $15,000. You think we're going to get reimbursed for that? No, ma'am. No, sir. But we do that. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. And to do that means we, you, us, we must have so great a faith. So great a faith. So great a faith. We do much. And we don't do it to broadcast it. But every now and then, you ought to know. Every now and then, you, the record ought to be... Amen, somebody. Lastly, 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 lest I keep you too long. Let me say this about giving. Giving is not always just about money. I'm convinced that some of you will be challenged to give in ways that are beyond financial. But the giving of your time, the giving of yourself to a cause in more substantial and meaningful ways. There are people 
here and outside of here who need your expertise, who need your resourcefulness, who need your understanding, who need your influence. And I'm convinced that the Lord is going to invite many of you to give of yourself to this ministry in ways that you have not given thus far. And I invite you as your pastor to take the leap. Take the leap of faith, of giving of yourself in unexpected ways, giving of your talent, giving of your time, giving of your expertise. And if we don't have the framework to support the expertise that you have, let's talk about it. Because I believe this, God did not send you here with those gifts to be sat on. God did not send you here with those skills and those abilities to just sit in the pews, but we are here because we are the body of Christ and we are better when all of the members of the body are working together. The question is, will you have the faith to give of yourself like that? So great a faith. I'm through when I tell you this. Having so great a faith means that you have the faith to get what God wants you to have. Faith to get what God wants you to have. A lot of us are going through life, we went through last year, we went through the last few years, going through life not having what the Lord wants for us to have. And James tells us the reason for it. He said, you have not because, uh, I got some Bible readers in here. You, you have not because you ask not. You, you, Jesus said, seek and ye shall, Fine, ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. All of the positive results, fine, given and open, are predicated upon us being so bold enough as to put ourselves out there and asking for it. Somehow, I don't know how it began, but somehow it became a sign of holiness not to ask God for anything. But the devil is a lie. God never told us not to ask him for anything. And I don't know about you. You can sit there and act like you don't want anything. But this preacher and this pastor has some wants in his heart. I want some stuff. I don't know about y'all, but I, I want some stuff. And I'm not talking about just material things either, but, but I want some things to be manifested in this community. I, I want peace throughout this community. I want the violence to stop. I want the murders to stop. I, I want for people to grow up knowing who they are. This pastor has some wants in his heart, and it ain't stuff that you can buy, but it's stuff that we got to go do. And I serve a God who says if you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. Anybody in here got any desires in your heart? Anybody in here bold enough to say, Lord, there's some things that I want. There are some things I need to see this year. There are some things I'm praying for this year. There are some things I need for you to manifest this year. And God, I'm not too, I'm just going to ask for it. I'm faithful enough to believe that if I ask, I've got a God who's able. I say, I got a God who's able. I got a God who has power. I got a God who can do anything. I got a God, yeah, who's the creator of everything. I got a God. Listen, let me, let, me, let, me, let me throw this out here. I'm through, I'm through, I'm through. But listen, Jesus 
never said that it's wrong to want stuff. In fact, what Jesus said is, seek ye first. Look like I got about five or six Bible readers in here. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Then he said, and all these Anybody be honest and say, I got some things that I, I need. There are some things that I want in my life. There, there are some things that, that I wouldn't mind. Nothing wrong with wanting things. Jesus has said, make sure the things are rightly prioritized so that the things don't get in the front of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Yes. Nothing wrong with wanting a good suit. Just don't make the suit your God. Nothing wrong with wanting fine shoes. Just make sure you're walking somewhere. Nothing wrong with having a good car. Just make sure you're driving the king's highway. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with living in a fine house. Just make sure that you're building your hopes on things eternal. Because I got news for you. If you put your faith in the house, thieves can break in. If you put your faith in the car, rust will take it away. If you put your faith in a suit, a moth can eat it up. But build your hope on things eternal. Hold on! To God's unchanging hand. Is there anybody here who's holding on today? Say it! Hold on. To God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal you ought to hold to his hand to my God's son you ought to hold
church say amen. Let's say amen again. Fresh 